From the Auburn Plainsman, this is Sweet 1111. I'm Trice Brown. Last Saturday, Auburn football had its first game of the season against the University of Kentucky, a game that it won 29-13. The start of the football season has been something eagerly anticipated by fans, understandably so. In the 2019 season, Auburn had its first game on August 31st. Due to the pandemic, the 2020 season had been delayed by almost a month. For this episode, I spoke with sports editor Jake Weiss before Saturday's game to see how it was anticipated to go. After the game, I spoke with assistant sports editor Christian Clemente to see how those speculations played out. Stay with us. Hey, my name is Jack West, and I'm the editor-in-chief of the Auburn Plainsman. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Sweet 1111. If you enjoy this podcast, want to support it, and want to advertise with us, this space right here is available. If you're interested, send an email to admanager at theplainsman.com, and we can get you all set up. Once again, that's admanager at theplainsman.com if you want to advertise with us. Thank you so much. So, Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Trice. So, how long has it been since Auburn has had a home game? You know, it's been a long time at Jordan Hare. Not that anyone's keeping count, but uh, the last home game was November 30th, so a very, very long time. Hmm, okay. There's a lot of things that are going to be different when people come back into the stadium this year. Uh, But talking specifically about student seating, what are we expecting it's going to look like? Yeah, so for better or for worse, you know, Auburn's really trying their best to mitigate crowd control as best they can. Because even with 20% capacity at games, you know, that's still about 17,000 people that will be at games. Hmm. Large number, obviously, um, a lot bigger than probably any group activity at Auburn has been Hmm. since students returned to campus. So Auburn's really trying their best to uh, mitigate the crowd control. So some of the things that they're going to do are um, there's eight zones for each student. And what that means is students that ordered tickets earlier this week, they all got assigned a zone. Mm -hmm. Um, Each zone is a color. There's a pink zone, a brown zone. You get the idea. And each student, you know, has to go through their certain zone. It gives them an entry time. It gives them specific gates they have to enter. For instance, I talked with a friend that works at the Plainsman, uh, Madison Allen. She's one of our sports writers. Um, She got the uh, pink zone. Mm -hmm. So that means she can enter through gate 15A and B, 16A and 16C. And also she has an entry time. Her entry time is 9 a.m. to 9.30. When does the game start if she has to show up at Um, 9 a.m.? The game starts at 11. The students will have some time to, uh, I guess, enjoy the view, you know, uh, so they're assigned to sections, how, but how are they like individually going to be seated? Is everyone going to be six feet apart, or how is that going to work? These orange seat backs um, are actually uh, around the whole stadium. That's basically where the students are allowed to sit. Um, they come in groups of two, four, and then they have some that are individual, but um, students mm. will have to sit at those orange seat backs instead of as opposed to just the regular bleachers. So how long are students expected to stay in the game? So Auburn wants the students to stay the whole game, actually. They do not want students leaving early. Um, and interestingly enough, too, the students actually have an exit time. So each like section has their own exit time? 
Yes. Um, going back to Madison Allen, uh, her email that she sent me with the student ticket information. So in her zone, which is the pink zone, if you're in rows 28 and above, you can you can leave right at the end of the game. If you're in rows 1 through 27, you have to wait 15 minutes after the game ends. So kind of zooming out, I guess. You wrote a story this week about Bo Nix. So what could you what do you have to tell us about him? Yeah, so uh, in that story, um, I don't want to give the whole story away because I like people to read it, but uh, <laughs> basically, you know, Bo Nix entering his sophomore season, he was a true freshman last year. He started all 13 games for Auburn after winning the job in the offseason um, against Joey Gatewood, who coincidentally is at transfer to Kentucky. Gatewood won't be playing, of course, because he hasn't heard back about his eligibility, mm. but that still has an interesting wrinkle to the game. So yeah, Bo Nix, you know, in year two, kind of looking to step his game up. Um, recently on a podcast, uh, a Marty Smith's America podcast, Bo Nix was interviewed on there. He talked about how uh, really for him at times in his first year, he lost his confidence in himself, kind of lost his swag, if you will. Um, mm. But now, you know, entering year two, Bo feels completely different. We spoke with Bo last Tuesday at the last press conference, pretty much before they play Saturday. And, uh, you know, Bo really talked about how he just feels going into this year's season opener. You know, there's been a lot of changes, 10-game conference-only schedule. A lot of changes, of course, but he feels completely different heading into the season opener this year than he did as a freshman last year. So, Jake, could one of the reasons that Bo Nix is feeling different this season be due in part to his relationship with the new offensive coordinator? Yeah, you know, um, that's a great question, Trice. And, you know, Bo didn't come out and directly say that, but it's kind of reading between the lines. Um, you know, Chad Morris and Bo Nix have really kind of built a strong connection um, with each other. Chad Morris actually came in. He didn't. He couldn't help him coach, but he actually was been on Auburn's around the Auburn football team since January. He came in and was on the sidelines for the first, uh, for the bowl game. I'm sorry, not the first game, the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, of course, you know, they've had a meet on Zoom this offseason. But once the players came back this summer, um, around June, July, the June, July time frame, you know, Bo has really gotten to work a lot more uh, in person with new offensive coordinator Chad Morris. And, uh, you know, I really think that is kind of one of the reasons why, you know, he feels different coming into this season. I think all the players have talked about how this is going to be a different offense this year. Um, They can't go into specifics, of course, but just by saying that, it kind of has me feeling that, you know, something special and something different could be brewing on the planes this year. All right, Jake. Well, uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Trice. I appreciate it. Hey, this is Natalie Beckrank, Managing Editor of the Auburn Plainsman. I just want to remind everyone, if you'd like to support Sweet 1111 and the newsroom that creates it, you can log on to theplainsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 125 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here in Auburn. Once again, that's theplainsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. So Christian, how are you today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing good. I'm doing good. Um, So tell me... Uh, how, I guess, would you say the game went yesterday? I would say, if you're looking at it from an Auburn fan's perspective, it went pretty good. Um, hmm. A lot of the question marks you had about this team got answered. People were curious, will Bonix take a step forward? I think he did. They were curious if the defense would be able to survive all the losses. It looked a little scary in the first half, but in the end, it was kind of a bend, don't break. And then in the second half, they made adjustments and responded. So I think all around, 
if you're an Auburn fan, you should be pretty excited with this game and what you saw. Mm, okay, so before we get, I guess, into like the specifics of the game, I'm interested in hearing about how the seating situation went. Seating, um, from my perspective, up in the press box, actually looks pretty good. People, in terms of getting there, you know, they were required to be there maybe between 9 or 9.30 for the 11 o'clock game, and it just depended on where your actual zone was. But they got there at the right times. They sat in their seats. It seemed like they socially distanced, but they weren't wearing masks like they were required to do. Um, Auburn didn't really enforce that or anything like that, which it is kind of difficult with 17,000 people, but they didn't do anything with that. I talked to some friends that went to the game. They said people were going in the exits, going out the entrances. There was actually a requirement on your ticket. Like one of my friends was required to stay 15 minutes after the game and then they could leave. But as soon as the game ended, everyone just got up and left. And so that created a lot of a lot of high volume traffic in those tunnel areas, which right. is not too great. Uh, so how did Bo Nix do this game? I mean, this was one of Bonix's best performances all around. It was actually, I believe it was his third highest quarterback rating in a game ever. And the two before it were like against Kent State and against Arkansas last year, which do not even compare to the Kentucky defense. He finished the game 16-27, and 233 yards, three touchdowns. Nothing that even could have come close to a turnover, fumble or interception, nothing like that. At the beginning of the game, he did look a little bit like himself last year, which was a little concerning. He was a little scared in the pocket. As soon as it started to fall apart, he would just try and make a run for it. But I'd say towards the end of the second quarter, he really started to he started to show that he did take that sophomore jump forward. He started sitting in the pocket more. One of the more impressive plays that stuck out to me, at least, was he sat in the pocket for probably five seconds. Slowly, it collapsed on him, and then he saw a hole up the middle, and he took off and ran, and it was only like a gain of nine yards. But that's not a play Bonix makes last year, especially maybe at the end of the season he can make that play, but... I mean, if you're comparing season openers between him at Oregon and him against Kentucky yesterday, it wasn't even a comparison. It was two different quarterbacks. So um, how did the new offensive coordinator perform this game? I think it was overall a pretty good game. It was something Auburn fans probably weren't probably weren't used to. Um, they only carried the ball 16 total times um, for 91 yards. And, you know, Auburn's usually a run-heavy team, but Bonex passed the ball 27 times and I mean, they really just leaned on the passing game to win them the game. The running backs didn't look too great, to be honest, but part of that's on the offensive line. And Chad Morris implemented a lot of different pre-snap motions to get a little confusion going and get a lot of good plays, too, that worked out for touchdowns um, to Seth Williams twice. Um, the one play was pretty much all Seth Williams, but it was a well-designed play, and it worked out. So I think Chad Morris, I think he had a really good performance in his first game as the offensive coordinator at Auburn. So we talked about the offense, but how did the defense do this game? Honestly, the defense was probably, I mean, Bonix and Seth Williams were the stars, but if you're an Auburn fan, you have to feel the best about the defense. You lost guys like Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, Noah Igbenogany, and a couple other guys to the draft and to graduation, but the defense held up. You know, in the first half, they only gave up seven total points. They had a big goal line stand, and there were some clear issues. Um, Kentucky was 8 for 10 on third down conversions, which that's a problem. You can't let that happen, and that's part of the reason Auburn hadn't started to pull away already. But they went into the halftime break, and Kevin Steele uh, did what he does so well, and he made adjustments. Kentucky went 4 of 9 on third down in the second half and was held to just 150 yards of total offense. I think the defense looked great. Guys on the defensive line stepped up, like Daquan Newkirk. He was a senior, and a lot of people thought he'd get that second starting defensive tackle job opposite Tyrone Truesdale, but instead it was actually Colby Wooden that got it. 
So he kind of looked like a man on a mission when he got in the game. He looked like he had something to prove, and I think he did prove that he was maybe deserving of that starting defensive tackle spot. And then you look at it in the secondary with guys like Noah Monogany gone. Roger McCurry stepped up. He had that interception that could have been a 100-yard pick six if it wasn't for that Derek Hall targeting call. But nonetheless, he's still an interception. He didn't really give up many catches at all. I don't even know if he gave up a catch all game. He had a very impressive game. And then the second starting cornerback, Jalen Simpson, who kind of came out of nowhere in fall camp, too. He looked impressive. Uh, Jamie and Sherwood back at safety had a great game. Smoke Monday had one busted coverage, but outside of that, he played well. He had a career high in tackles. And then looking at linebacker, I mean, the linebackers, we knew they were going to be great with K.J. Britt, Owen Papo, and Jacoby McLean, and they were. K.J. Britt was incredible. Owen Papo stripped and recovered that fumble, and then he also had a sack, too. So Owen Papo had a great game. Zacoby McLean, he didn't any, do anything too special, but he had a good game overall. So, so uh, as Auburn heads to Athens to face Georgia next week, and Georgia has, in the new AP poll, been ranked number four, and we've been ranked number seven, what do you think there is to expect? I think it's going to be a very, very low-scoring affair. That Georgia defense is one of the best in the country. They returned a lot of starters from last year on what was already a talented defense. And then you look at the Georgia offensive side of the ball. There's not a whole lot there right now. They have a strong running game, but, you know, the quarterback situation is unclear. Dewan Mathis started the game against Arkansas on Saturday, and then he ended up getting replaced by Stetson Bennett, who is actually a former walk-on. And then uh, JT Daniels, who transferred to uh, Georgia from USC, is still not medically cleared. So that situation is really unclear. Georgia really didn't look too great against Arkansas yesterday. You look at the score, it makes it look like it was a better game for Georgia than it really was. Arkansas was up 10-5. to Probably should have been up 13-5 to if they would have gotten a touchdown where they should have, but instead settled for a field goal. And then Georgia kind of came back and pulled away there. But as for Auburn, I think this Auburn offense will struggle, especially without a clear, true running game. At least through the Kentucky game, they didn't show us that. Mm-hmm. I think the Auburn offense will struggle against that Georgia defense, but... Personally, for me, I think Auburn's going to be able to pull away with this game. I haven't seen enough out of the Georgia offense to really see that they're going to be able to march down the field on Auburn's defense and score enough points. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Christian. Yeah, of course. From the Auburn Plainsman, this has been Sweet 1111. I'm Trice Brown, signing off. See you next week. <laughs>